Mini episode 1458 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello and welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1458, our Billions episode 6.10 preview. I'm FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with our top five notes of interest heading into this season's 10th episode. Number five, Dollar Bill and Mafee's raid comes up short. The detente between their smaller firm and Prince Capital threatened to blow apart because of Taylor's maximalist response to it, although the carrot and the stick extended to the would-be runaways helped everyone involved to see the right path forward. Having pushed their luck, the business bros likely learned their lesson about poaching employees. Speaking of which, number four, Taylor teaches Philip a lesson in ruthlessness. The young man seemed taken aback by seeing the Mace Carbon boss channel Bobby Axelrod at his most extreme in preventing the firm's defections, but he also absorbed the meaning of the diatribe. He will need to be feared as well as respected, the ramifications of which Taylor even admitted could have unseen implications. Number three, Wendy moves off the chessboard temporarily. We said after she lost her Olympic dreams that if she wasn't out for blood with Chuck, that the character would cease making sense once and for all, but what the writers did here makes sense. A brief sojourn to clear her head, with Prince executing a blitzkrieg move on Chuck in the interim without her. When she returns, it won't seem necessary to have her acting out in inappropriate ways against her baby daddy, since, in her mind, he got his already. Number two, more deuce ex machina from the writers. In the last two episodes, two of the top ten most substantive developments in the history of the series have come from developments that were highly entertaining, but would have never happened in the real world. Here, with no case whatsoever that the audience is privy to, Prince rounds up commitments from two-thirds of the New York Senate to remove Chuck from office the same evening, without a proper trial or anything that would come close to passing the sniff test of due process. The way it was executed with Chuck distracted off pursuing his anti-billionaire wild goose chase in a Manhattan park, was brilliant, but the magic wand developments on this show risk becoming a crutch at this point. Number one, are we sure that the renewal for season seven wasn't an early April Fool's Day joke? This is more of a rhetorical question, but the speed with which the Olympics were yanked from New York and Prince got his ultimate revenge on Chuck, a mere two episodes, makes it feel like we're setting up for the end game of a series not just a season. The next step seems clear, Chuck vindicating himself in the court of public opinion and running for governor with Prince out to stop him, but most of the show's history has come from when Chuck had an office with which to pursue his grudges. It's back to the private sector for him, for now, and we'll have to see if his feud with Prince Burns is bright in the interim. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge.